Now you may be wondering, why am I wearing this shirt, Kingdom Near? And this is the actual theme for CPC's Walk for Life. CPC standing for the Crisis Pregnancy Center. Uh, every year they do a Walk for Life, which is one of their main vehicles to raise money for this wonderful organization. Some of us got a chance to tour uh, one of the, the Kime Centers. They have five different uh, medical centers and, and they uh, seek to step directly in the gap uh, with women who are in a crisis uh, pregnancy and are looking for answers. And as such, as part of the church, it's important that we're there to meet them and to care for them. And this is an organization that's doing wonderful things. So we're going to be participating in the Walk for Life. Um, there is a table out there. If you have not participated before, uh, it, it essentially is grabbing one of these things, going online and registering, and essentially going to friends and family and saying, I want to participate in a Walk for Life. There's one on the ocean front. I think we're focusing on the one getting together at the zoo. And will you sponsor me to do so? Uh, and uh, it's a great way to raise money. And in fact, if you raise a certain amount of money, you get a shirt just like this one. Uh, so uh, this is, uh, I'm excited. I'm going to be part of that walk and raising funds. Uh, and so I'm going to be calling mom and calling other folks and saying, hey, this is a good thing. Uh, be a part of that. So I encourage you to grab one of these and come be a part. Uh, in fact, one of the great things that we have at, in adult education, uh, a gal named Lexi, Lexi Judy, who actually works with CPC, works at CPC, is going to be taking our adult ed hour and talking about Crisis Pregnancy Center and the work they do, and also giving us a set of eyes to look into the world of a woman who's dealing with a crisis in their pregnancy. Uh, and, uh, you know, we often think, well, it's a real two-dimensional world, whoever these people are. Uh, but maybe you've been in, in, in that position. And uh, these are real people with real challenges and real problems. And uh, if the church has to be anywhere, it has to be there. So I encourage you to stick around for that time where Lexi's going to be sharing on Crisis Pregnancy Center. Okay, let's look at our scripture that can be found on page 4 as we continue to examine the topic of the kingdom of God. Very famous passage, John 3, 1 through 17. Here it is, John 3, 1 through 17. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, You must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you, you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and we bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? 
No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The word of the Lord. It happened to me about a month ago, I guess. It was Valentine's Day. And I had gotten my wife some flowers, and they were lilies, these beautiful white lilies. And as I put them in the vase and as I smelled them, and I smelled the, the freshness of them, I felt in my, scent, in my heart a longing. A longing for something that I can't necessarily explain or describe to you. Maybe nostalgia might be a word. Uh, a pang of the heart. I don't know where it came from. And it left just about as soon as it came. And yet, I am familiar with that longing feeling. For I have had it different times in my life. I had it when my children were born. I had it once when I looked upon a sunset over the ocean and was filled with a longing, a sense of deep, deep hunger, hurt. I don't even know what the word is in my heart. It was a longing for something that I can't even describe. And as I was thinking about this longing again, it made me think about a quote by C.S. Lewis. He put it this way, speaking about this longing. In speaking of this desire for our own far-off country, which we find in ourselves even now, I feel a certain shyness. I am also committing, I am almost committing an indecency. I am trying to rip open the inconsolable secret in each one of you. The secret which hurts so much that you take your revenge on it by calling it names like nostalgia and romanticism and adolescence. We cannot tell it because it is a desire for something that has never actually appeared in our experience. We cannot hide it because our experience is constantly suggesting it. And we betray ourselves like lovers at the mention of a name. Our commonest expedient is to call it beauty and behave as that if that has settled the matter. Wordsworth's expedient was to identify it with certain moments in his own past, but all of this is a cheat. If Wordsworth had gone back to those moments in the past, he would not have found the thing itself, but only the reminder of it. What he remembered would turn out to be itself a remembering. The books or the music in which we thought the beauty was located will betray us if we trust to them. It was not in them, it only came through them. And what came through them was longing. These things, the beauty, the memory of our own past, are good images of what we really desire. But if they are mistaken for the thing themselves, they turn into dumb idols, breaking the hearts of their worship. For they are not the thing itself. They are only the scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, news from a country we have never yet visited. There is a sense in our hearts that all is not as it should be. 
We experience it when we experience loss. Anyone who has lost someone in their family or a close friend knows what I'm talking about. But indeed, you can even experience it on the other side if you gain the whole world and yet discover that the longing is not filled. See, I think that's why Nicodemus came at night to Jesus Christ. Verse 1 puts it like this. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This Nicodemus was a very famous man. First of all, he was a Pharisee, so he was a religious teacher. He was the cream of the crop, if you will, of the religious caste society of Israel. He was also a ruler of the Jews, so he was a member of the Sanhedrin. I guess that would be the equivalent of the U.S. Senate. He was a senator. He was a rich and powerful man held in high esteem who knew the words of God. And yet, amidst all of the satisfaction and the applause of the world, there was a longing in Nicodemus. So much that led him to commit what could have been professional suicide. See, Jesus was this rabble rouser in Israel. And it had already been determined by the Sanhedrin that whoever consorted with him, whoever followed him, would be put out of the synagogue. Imagine one of the leading teachers to be found with him. And so Nicodemus, under the cover of darkness, came to see Jesus Christ. The man came to Jesus by night, verse 2 says, and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. In other words, as Nicodemus saw Jesus, saw the miracles that he did, saw the words that he spoke, there was a longing that was opened up inside of him. Perhaps this man knew the way, knew the door to this ineffable longing in Nicodemus' heart, and so he came. Under darkness he came, but nonetheless he couldn't help it. He came. And he said to Jesus, I know you are from God. I know you are a teacher from God, for no one could do what you did. No one could speak like you spoke unless God was with him. And Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I find it very interesting that Jesus answers Nicodemus when Nicodemus didn't even ask a question. Did he? It says Jesus answered him. See, Nicodemus did come with a question. He just didn't know how to describe it. What he was looking for was an answer to the longing in his heart. And so Jesus saw past the question. And he said, the, he gave the answer to Nicodemus that what you are looking for is to see the kingdom of God. To see means to enter into. And also, this is what it takes to enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, what you are seeking is the kingdom of God. And that phrase, the kingdom of God, teaches us so much about what it is that our own hearts are looking for. We're looking for a realm a kingdom, a place that's different from the kingdom of the world. What are the characteristics of this kingdom? Well, think of what it is that you long for in your own heart. It's a place where there's no sin. 
But notice it's a kingdom of God. We're not only looking for a realm, but we're looking for a new ruler. The kingdom of God. A new realm with a new ruler. Well, are we talking about heaven? The answer is yes. Indeed, the kingdom of God is often called the kingdom of heaven. We're looking for a new place to dwell and a new ruler who's worthy to sit under where all is right. We're looking for a kingdom where there is no God. Excuse me, for there is no sin. As Psalm 5, 4 says, You are not a God who takes pleasure in evil. With you the wicked cannot dwell. We're looking for a place where there is shalom. And shalom means so much more than simply an absence of warfare. It means a place where all is right. Where everything is as it should be. I love this description of the kingdom of God. Surely His salvation is near those who fear Him. That His glory may dwell in this land. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. It's a place of no sin. It's a place of shalom. And it's a place of righteousness and justice. In prophesying of this kingdom that was to come, the prophet Isaiah said, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. See, that was Nicodemus' heart. Even at the top of his game, on the top of the pile, he knew that this world could not satisfy the longing of his heart. He knew that the rulers above him, the idols that he placed in the place of the ruler, even himself, could not rule in the way that he needed. We are also the same way in that we are longing creatures searching for something. But the problem is it just doesn't exist on earth. We're constantly bombarded by billboards and messages. We were driving back from spring break and I saw a billboard for this uh, kind of like the Williamsburg outlet malls. And it, it was a picture of a beautiful woman and her children and it said, find your happy place. And there was Nike and Ralph Lauren and Le Creuset and all the different places as if going there I could find shalom and peace. All I would find is a bunch of retail and a very, very big credit card bill. We may even try to build this kingdom in a business, in a family, in a body, in a portfolio. But time and time again, it fails us. For this kingdom is a kingdom of God. And it's a kingdom of heaven. C.S. Lewis once again said, Creatures are not born with desires unless satisfaction for those desires exists. A baby feels hunger. Well, there's such a thing as food. A duckling wants to swim. Well, there's such a thing as water. Men feel sexual desire. Well, there is such a thing as sex. If I find my, in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. If none of my earthly pleasures satisfy it, 
that does not prove that the universe is a fraud. Probably earthly pleasures were never meant to satisfy it, but only to arouse it, to suggest the real thing. If that is so, I must take care on the one hand never to despise or to be unthankful for these earthly blessings, and on the other never to mistake them for the something of which they are only a kind of copy or echo or image. I must keep alive in myself the desire for my true country, which I shall not find till after death. I must never let it get snowed under or turned aside. I must make it the main object of life to press on to that country and to help others to do the same. So I ask you the question, what do you do with the longing? You can ignore it, but it will never go away. You can continue to try to fill it with earthly pleasures, but all they will be in the end are echoes of something far greater. You can douse it in pleasure, or you can be like Nicodemus. You can come. You can come to Jesus, and you can acknowledge that He has the answer, that you are the door to the realm. Jesus came to show the way like Nicodemus, we must come to him. And so Jesus shows the way. But he also adds a condition, doesn't he? Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. See, Nicodemus is coming to Jesus to get a compass reorientation, is he not? He's coming for information. And what Jesus says to him is that there is no path that you can take which will lead you to the kingdom that you are seeking. For you do not need information. You need transformation. See, the problem with you, Nicodemus, and the problem with you, world, is that fundamentally, you are of this earth and you need to be born again. Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You know, it was not only Satan, really, who fell from heaven, was it? Although God placed man and woman on this earth to tend it, to govern it, man God was designed to be here, to walk alongside man, to be in vital relationship with him. But the moment that mankind tasted of the tree, the moment that each one of us said to God, our way, not your way, we fell. It's not that he's saying that flesh is bad, but rather that the flesh we have is fallen. That in our heart of hearts, what we long for is not God, but to be God. We must be reborn by the Spirit of God that we might become a new creature. And of course, Nicodemus is incredulous. And the world is incredulous as well, is it not? To enter the kingdom of God, you must be born again? I don't want to be born again. I like myself very much. Maybe I need a couple of tweaks, a couple of modifications. But really, the problem is out there, God. The problem 
is the issues of all of these other people making poor choices. But Jesus turns the lens on Nicodemus and he turns it on us. Saying, you cannot enter the kingdom of God unless you are born of the water and of the Spirit. Now Nicodemus was a Pharisee and the teacher of Israel, so he would think immediately of the verse from Ezekiel 36.24, in which the prophet said, For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and I will bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. See, what Jesus is promising Nicodemus and anyone who would come after him is a new heart, a new orientation, a forgiveness that goes down to the core of our being and stays there forever. We remember Jesus' baptism, the first thing he did when he entered into his ministry. As he went to, the, uh, Paul, excuse me, to John the Baptist and said, I need to be baptized by you. And John, John, who was giving a baptism of repentance, said, how can I baptize you? But Jesus says, let it be so to fulfill all things. In other words, Jesus was saying, I am going to stand as the representative of all humanity. Everyone who would never come for this baptism of repentance. And I will walk ahead of them. And I will be baptized with the water. The cleansing. And I will come out and the spirit will rest upon me. And I will give it to the people as their representative. For ultimately what the kingdom of God is. Is the place where God dwells with man. In perfect harmony and perfect unity. There's no power in the kingdom of God if God is not there. And that really is the problem, isn't it? We want the kingdom, but we don't want the king. But Jesus says what you really do want, even though you don't recognize it, is the king. And if you give me your life and give me your heart, I will put a new taste in your mouth. I will put a new song in your heart. I will give you a new mind. Your eyes are darkened and you cannot understand and yet Nicodemus you are here. You are seeking the truth. And so Jesus finishes with this. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so must the son be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Jesus is speaking of a time when the Israelites were in the desert and because of their sin because of their rebellion against God, God sent serpents to kill the people. And Moses was panicked and said to God, what must I do? And, and God said to Moses, lift up this bronze serpent high in the sky and whoever looks upon him will be healed. Jesus is saying, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God for you are of the earth. But I will be a bridge from earth to heaven. That as I am lifted up in between heaven and earth. That I will transform you and carry you through myself. That you may enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus path 
involved pain. And there is a sort of pain that comes from us. Because Jesus says that whoever would come after me must lay down his life and pick up his cross. For whoever comes after me must deny himself. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus, that's why I'm here and there is no other way. There was a friend of ours who died several years ago. He was a uh, chief in the Navy. You've got to watch out for those guys. He was a hard-drinking sailor, and his years had caught up with him. He needed a new liver. <clears throat> Problem was, there was no suitable transfusion. And so I actually, and a couple other people, took blood tests to see if we were the same blood for this person. But I was not. The issue was not rehabilitation for him. The doctors did not say, it's time to get on the treadmill. It's time to start eating better. It's time to turn around those hard drinking ways of yours. He said, you need a transfusion. Without a new liver, you will die. And in the same way, every single one of us needs a life transfusion. For the one who sins is the one who shall die. But Jesus has come to bring good news that the kingdom of God is near. He has come to bring his life for our life. The wonder of Jesus Christ is, he is a perfect match. A perfect match for each one of us. His life for ours. His heart for ours. And he came to give us a gift. Jesus said that I am the way the truth and the life, that I am the door, that anyone who comes in through it will be saved. Nicodemus came. In the end, I don't know what happened to Nicodemus. I do know at the end that he was there with Joseph of Arimathea asking for the body of Jesus, bearing Jesus, giving him an honorable funeral. You are here by hook or by crook. Maybe like Nicodemus, you've come with the sense that there is a deep longing in your heart. And I want to say to you, congratulations. You've discovered that nothing in life can fill, nothing can satisfy, except the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full. But you cannot know the kingdom of God until you know God as God. That's the invitation that Jesus gave to Nicodemus. It's the one that he gives to us today. May we ponder it. May we bow the knee in reverence and resolution to follow after Jesus Christ, trusting not in our own righteousness, but rather in his. Let's pray. Jesus, you are the answer to the ineffable longing in our hearts. You bring us satisfaction now and you bring us comfort as we wait, knowing that until the end of all things, until we receive our resurrected bodies and the kingdom of God has come to earth, we will not be totally at home. Give us patience to wait. 
Give us confidence in you. Help us to seek nothing other than you. And we pray all of this in Christ's name. Amen.